0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. My name is Mike Lombardo. If you want to find out more about our ministry, you can go to www.lifepouredoutintl.org. Awaken Podcast streams in the Charisma Podcast Network.com. You can also go to Charisma Plus. It is a free app with tons of amazing content on it. My podcast is on there as well. It's free content. You could also go to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Audible, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to. And right now, um, I am going into a uh, part six of a new series that we're doing entitled First Love Fire. And so part one, I laid a foundation of first love, how... Um, remaining in that place of intimacy and first love with Jesus does not need to be a honeymoon phase or a period of time. And then we, um, after three or four months, we just drift into complacency and we drift into dryness and we go through religious motions. Um, and we have a form of godliness, but lack its power. There is no need for that to take place in our lives. We can go from glory to glory, faith to faith, strength to strength. Our God is an all-consuming fire, and that is his passion, and he lives on the inside of us, so his passion can burn within us, and that fire can continually burn. We just need to feed it. We need to feed that fire. We need to throw twigs on the fire. We need to breathe on that fire, okay? And we do have a part to play in this. God provides the fire, but we provide the daily, continually coming to him, feasting on the word, feasting on his presence, spending time, you know, gazing upon him, prayer, meditation, all these beautiful things. And so we're going on in foundation, the foundation that I laid was talking about the fire of God, the fire of his love, what that looks like, defining that, how we could remain in that place of intimacy. And then from part two to part five, um, if you haven't listened to those episodes, you can just go back and you could tap into those episodes before you even listen to this one. If you want to, I talk about hindrances, the first love things in our life that you know, take us away from this place of fervency and passion for the Lord, which, you know, I I go into idolatry. I go into religion. um, I go into, you know, bad company, surrounding ourselves with the wrong people that are doing things that influence us negatively. And so if you tap into future episodes and there's so much more, and this is just part six, I believe we're going to have nine parts, maybe even 10. This is the longest series I've done. Um, so far on Awakened Podcast, and I just believe this is vital. And so today, we're going to dive into disappointment, church hurt, painful circumstances, offenses, things like that. And in past episodes, early on in Awakened Podcast, probably in episodes 20s, 30s, 40s, around there, I talk about inner healing, and we talk about the necessity of that so we could have a vibrant, healthy life. We could thrive spiritually, you know, our soul realm could be healthy and whole and that we could live for Christ so we can manifest the very nature of Christ, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control, the the fruits of the Holy Spirit that we could operate out of wholeness instead of operate out of rejection and pain. So we can truly be a blessing to those around us. But there's so many people who never come to Christ. They're completely turned off by Christianity, and they just won't come to know our perfect, glorious, holy Jesus because of how many people who bear his name represent him. All right, when I was... At Christ for the Nations Institute, we were doing evangelism on the streets and the homosexual bar district here in Dallas. And we were always we were going to downtown ministering to the homeless and ministering to all kinds of people. And I remember before we came out to Oaklawn, where there's you know a lot of you know, a lot of clubs, um, a lot of gay bars, things like that, we would go to these areas and we would just go wanting to spark conversation, wanting to love people and show them the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God, not point out their sin, not 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 you know get upset with them or angry with them because of their lifestyle no we have all fallen short of the glory of god not one of us has done well not one single individual all of our righteousness like filthy rags before god we all are sinners in need of a savior and so why would we go and say that your sin is worse than someone else's sin no i was a blasphemer i was a hater of god i was sexually perverse i was you know a murderer i, I had an abortion and so there's so many things that i was and that christ had to break things you know mentalities free Um, strongholds free from my life. And so I could walk in my true identity who Jesus Christ died for me to be. And so why would we go out there to condemn people? That is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. He came to save. He came to give life, not to destroy people's lives, not to condemn people's lives. He came to save us from condemnation and death and and destruction. And so we would go out and we would want to go and just love people and share the gospel and share testimonies of the Lord and ask people questions and, and spend time with them and show them that, you know, even though I'm a stranger, like I care and we want to, you know, talk to you and show you the light of God. And there was these other people who are preaching the gospel, not really the gospel because it was a false version of the gospel, but they would go out in the name of Jesus and they would just preach condemnation and death. They would just say homosexuals are going to hell and they would pull out, you know, one liners from the scripture completely out of context, not in the heart of the spirit of the Lord, not in the heart of, of the word in the spirit of God, you know, and they would go and they would just condemn people and just, you know, pretty much tell them, repent, come to the Lord. You're worthless. You're evil. What you're doing is, you know, fire and brimstone pretty much. And so we would go and we would talk to people and they would be like, Oh, are you just going to tell us to go to hell too? Or are you just going to, No, no, that's not what we're doing. We're not with those people, okay? We don't associate with that crowd. That's not our crowd. That's not our people right there. And not to say that those people weren't saved, but they definitely lacked a revelation of the gospel, a revelation of the heart of the Father that he came to save, not to destroy, that he wants everyone to know him and have eternal life. And, you know, Jesus ministered a lot differently than these individuals ministered. And so anyways, that story and all that being said, just to say that they, they pushed a lot of people away and they caused offenses that weren't offenses from the gospel because we know that the gospel is an offense because of how pure it is, because of how wild it is, because it's hard to grasp mentally. You know, um, Jews just thought the gospel was an offense and to Greeks, it was foolish. They just, they're so cerebral, linear thinking that they, that they could not grasp that, you know, the foolishness of the cross, that Christ crucified is the gospel that he rose again so that we could have life. And so it's foolishness to some people, and it's literally an offense just because of the supernatural, because of who Jesus is. And so um, many people do not come to know the Lord because of the representation around them. And the reason why I shared that story is because those people had a harder time jumping over the hurdle of coming to the Lord because of the misrepresentation that they had that is not the heart of a God. God is love. And that's not just that's one circumstance. This is multifaceted, okay? There's, you know, people who slander and backstab. There's people that, you know, bear the name of Jesus and they're judgmental and they're critical and they say, "Oh, you have to live holy, you have to live a, you know, a life purely." And then they're behind closed doors sinning and they get found out and people unbelievers think like wow you're preaching holiness you're preaching the gospel but you're living hell like just like just like everybody else is and that pushes people away and and listen the church is not going to be perfect we need to understand that we are human beings and we do have the power of god to live above the um above the you know sin and above you know the, the 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 spirit of this age the spirit of the world we have the ability to live above that But at the same time, like we all are in process, process of discovering who we are and the power that we have over these things. And so we will fumble around sometimes and we will be hypocritical sometimes. And there'll be great examples of who Jesus is and there'll be pretty rotten examples as well. And we can't take the full responsibility of that. Because more than anything, Jesus is the great evangelist. Jesus is the one that will woo their hearts. He is the one that will lead them to the Father. At the same time, God loves to use us to do that as as his people, as his minstrels to bring the gospel to the world. But at the same time, if we do a bad job, Jesus is going to do it. He's going to He's going to woo them by the power of the Holy Spirit himself to the Father. And so we can't beat ourselves up if we're not always the best example. But at the same time, the reality is people are watching our lives so we need to hold that intention. We need to hold that in the fear of God. Like I remember when I got saved, I told all my buddies about the Lord. I told, you know, ex-girlfriends, I told my friends that I would do drugs with and drink with. They knew I was agnostic and I didn't believe in God. And I would tell them about Jesus, what he did in my life, the encounters I was having, the truth of the gospel. And many people pushed me away. And I told pretty much 95% of my buddies, my old buddies about the Lord, there was a handful of friends that I didn't tell. And there was days that I struggled. I remember that I wanted to have a drink or smoke weed or go back and do something that I knew the Lord freed me from on, on, on a you know on a dark day I had the temptation to do those things. And I remember I would call up a buddy of mine who didn't know yet that I was a Christian, a buddy who did not know yet that I came to know the Lord and had a life transforming encounter because I did not want to give a bad example to my buddies who I, I shared the gospel with because in my mind I had the fear of the Lord on the inside of me and I thought to myself, I do not want to be, um, the reason why this individual may never come to the Lord. I don't want to share Jesus with them one day and then go smoke weed with them the next day. And, you know, this has happened when I was newly saved, but it was just, You know, so then I would go and I would reach out to a buddy who didn't really know I was a Christian yet. And I remember it was hard. I would go to meet that individual. We were going to drink or we're going to smoke weed. We're going to do something. And I remember feeling so convicted. I remember feeling like, this isn't me. Like, this is not who I am. I'm a fish out of water. I came here. I thought this was going to solve it. I thought this was going to help me. But I felt so out of my environment that I left. I remember saying like, dude, I can't do this. And I left. And I remember thanking God that he gave me that impulse. But one prayer that I've always prayed was Jesus. Let the fear of God be my portion. Let humility be the cup that I drink from. I want to walk in humility. I want to operate out of the fear of God. I want to know that I am a child of God. I'm loved. I'm forgiven. The grace of God is infused into my life. My sins are forgiven past, present, and future. But at the same time, you know, my, my, because of the finished work of Christ, my relationship with the Lord is not affected because of my behavior, but people around me can be affected because of my behavior. I could push people away from God or I could push them towards God with my actions and with my example. And so I took that very seriously and I'm grateful that, you know, God, you know, put that conviction on the inside of me and I I was able to follow through with that in a lot of ways, but you know, that it was important to me. My, my friend's salvation was important to me. I had a responsibility to show them who Jesus is. So I did not want to, I did not want to give them a wrong example to invalidate Jesus at all in their lives. And I know there's many disappointments that come in life, okay? But I'm gonna read a few scriptures here. Uh Matthew eleven six 6 says this. Jesus says that blessed is any man who does not take offense at me. There's things in our lives where, you know, there's a lot of people that are mad at God. There's a lot of people that are angry with him. And there's a lot of people that when circumstances don't go their way, they take offense at God. And you know, Jesus said offenses will come. You know, in Luke 17, verse 1, in the NESB, it says, Jesus says to his disciples, it is inevitable that stumbling blocks will come, but woe to the one through whom they come so he's saying hey guys stumbling blocks are going to come but just don't be the one that brings the offense don't be the the one who is the stumbling block (laughs) all right he's saying that people in the world they there there will be because we're in this world the enemy is a prince of the power of the air there are demonic forces and powers people's lives are controlled by these by that false identity so there will be stumbling blocks there will be offenses as well but do not be the one through whom they come just like we're talking about earlier okay and so and then Matthew 11, he says, don't take offense at me if things don't go exactly your way. And there's a a version of the gospel that is preached out there that says everything is going to be dandy once you come to know Jesus, you're going to have peace, joy, and you're never going to be upset or you're going to have a lot of money and you're just going to be, you know, life's just going to be smooth sailing from the moment you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Not the case. The gospel is filled with there, there, there would be no reason why we would need victory if we didn't have stuff to overcome if there weren't obstacles if there weren't hardships if there weren't trials if there weren't um you know attacks thrown at us. We would have no need to overcome and to be more than a conqueror through Christ. Jesus said, tribulations and trials will come, but take heart for I have overcome the world. We overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. Young men, be strong because the word of God lives in the inside of you. Therefore, you have overcome the evil one. That's First John. These are scriptures that tell us that we will be persecuted. People will speak bad against us, but if we think one reason why people get disappointed and hurt at God's God is because they feel like, oh, I got saved and my life wasn't perfect. All my problems didn't go away. That is not the gospel. He said that he would be in the midst of us within us in the craziness of life and that we can overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. We can experience victory because the victor lives on the inside of us. That is the gospel and we will grow from it. We will be refined. And we will come out like gold. We will become stronger in spirit, you know, fortified in spirit as we begin to press forward and battle and put on the whole armor of God. Like it says in Ephesians and we war according to the spirit, not according to the flesh. And so all of this. Is vital when it comes to the things of God and disappointments in life. All of us at one point or another need to struggle. You know, we need to get over disappointments or even offenses, not just at God, but at people in our lives. So many people have church hurt. And this is something that we'll get into a little bit too, but I just wrote down a few reasons for disappointment and offenses. When we allow offenses to come in, it, it it's a bitter root that springs up that can defile our lives, like it says in the book of Hebrews. And when we allow painful circumstances to overwhelm us and disappointment and delusionment to set in, and we wonder, where were you, God? How come this happened in my life? Then we can distance ourselves from a loving father. He does not distance himself from us. He does not pull away from us, but we harden our heart towards him and we can pull ourselves away from him. And you know, we when we have experiences or we have, you know, it should be this way, not this way. You know, we can just say, you know what? I just, it's not what I expected. It's not what I thought. It's not what the word of God says. How come I didn't see healing? How come this didn't happen? How come this person didn't get well? How come this or that, you know, and we could stay in that place of questioning God and we could harden our hearts. And if we harden our hearts long enough, the deceitfulness of sin will harden our hearts and we could, be defiled and we could pull away from God, even though he'll never pull away from us because he is his finished work. His cross was his proposal to us and he will never divorce us. He hates divorce. He will never leave us. He will never ditch us. He will never cast us out of his presence. And so, um, reason for disappointments and offenses. I went into a few having an expectation that wasn't met. Um, you know, especially having a different version of the gospel that we believe and not seeing its reality in our lives or also through, you know, people misrepresenting God. And because of that, we're like, oh, man, well, this person and that person, they should be living that way. And then we wind up turning away from God. But a big thing is, hey, I prayed for something and it didn't come to pass. I touched on that a second ago. Healing. I prayed for healing. It didn't happen. I prayed for God to bless my finances. That didn't happen. I believed God for a spouse. I'm still single. I want children. I want children. I can't get pregnant. Like praying and not seeing immediate answers or results. But the word of God even says in parables, He says, the ones who are diligent, the ones that keep believing. And 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 even though you don't see the natural manifestation and the natural results does not mean that we have the right to give up. We need to keep trusting God. We need to keep believing God, knowing that his word is eternal and his word will never pass away. And sometimes we misinterpret scriptures and we we misinterpret times and seasons in our lives. And, you know, even the Apostle Paul said, I've had little and I've had a lot but I've learned to be content in all things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That is a biblical perspective. I can have a little bit and I can have a lot and I can still be in the will of God and I can be content in all things because Christ lives within me and he's the one that gives me the strength to endure in every circumstance. And it is okay. It is okay to have questions, Raw questions, real questions, and to go before God and say, "How come this person wasn't healed? How come I've been struggling financially? How come you? I, I have this desire to be married. How come I'm not married yet? Or God, I, I'm barren. I want, I want children. I've been praying. People have prayed for me. I, I, I've seen you do it in other people's lives. Why not mine? It's okay to wrestle through that." But the Apostle John says that the Lord hears us, and if we pray according to his will, then we will have the answer that we desire. And so sometimes it's discerning the times. Sometimes there's a lot of factors here, and we need to realize that God is, is there's some mysteries that we will not understand this side of glory there are some things that we need to realize that yes sometimes we see healing sometimes we don't does it mean that it's not god's will to heal absolutely not it's always god's will to heal he desires for us to be whole spirit soul and body but if we don't see healing And an individual passes and we don't see the healing that we desire. Now are we questioning God's healing power? Does he still heal today? Is he the same yesterday, today, and forever? We need to come to the conclusion that the word is eternal. The word is the truth. And You know, there are some facts that, oh yeah, I've got, I've got cancer. That's, that's a fact in the natural. That is what's taking place, but we need to stand on the truth of God's word and we need to trust him and keep trusting him even when it seems like he's not going to come through or even when we don't get the response that we want or the manifestation that we think we need in that moment there, we need to hold things in tension here. We need to realize that there's some things that we won't fully understand, but the God of comfort and the God of peace will comfort us. He will give us peace. He will speak to us and give us clarity in our lives, even when things don't go our way or according to what we believe the word of God says. Another thing is, you know, losses in our lives, tremendous losses, tragic circumstances. There was a friend of mine who uh, was in high school and he was a believer and he grew up in a group in youth group. He was on fire for God. He loved missions. He loved evangelism. And then he actually, this is horrific. And I know that I, I mentioned this because there are people that I know that go through horrific circumstances like this. And my heart is with these individuals. And I do not take it lightly sharing a story like this, but this, this kid, I'm not going to say his name. He experienced something that most people in the world don't have to experience both of his parents committed suicide at two different times and he was the one that found both of them that is horrific that is horrible that is evil that is wrong but and this happened to him and he was a believer he was young and he loved the lord but these tragic circumstances came into his life and guess what god is sovereign but God sovereignly gave us a free will, and He is not in the business of controlling every aspect of our lives or making decisions for us. God took a chance because of relationship, because of love. Love cannot be manipulated and controlled. Love has to be organic; it has to be reciprocal. And so, God gave us a free will so we can choose to love Him, or we can be inspired by His goodness and His presence to love Him in return. And so, He's the one that woo's our hearts. He's the one that initiates relationship. We only have the power to reject in our human free will, but. He he as he initiates and we yield and we respond, then we could fall in love with him and so and 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 obey him and, and listen and walk with him. And so, you know, he gave human beings a free will and he knew that was risky and he knew what would take place, but to have willing yo, a loving relationship with his people where not contrived, not forced, not manipulated. That is what he desired. And because of that, people have a free will. There's horrible things that happen. The enemy can seep into our mind and inspire us to do things that are not right. And God could try to stop. God could, God could protect God could shout, Holy Spirit shouts to our hearts and shouts to our spirits before we do something wrong, and we have the we have the ability to shun him and His word or listen to his word and so God is sovereign. God is over all. God is outside of time. God sees the beginning from the end. He's in our past, our present, and our future. And at this we can't we can't hide from God. There's nowhere we can hide. We can go to the heavens, we can go to the pits of hell, we can go to the bottom of the ocean and we cannot hide from God. He is sovereign over all things. He holds the world together by the power of his word. If God would stop interacting with his people and his creation, then literally we would combust. We would be shot into oblivion, okay? He holds everything together. He is our sovereign God above all, transcendent above all things. At the same time, he has chosen to give us his will. So evil things like this happen. And we have to make a decision to run from God or run to God in tragic circumstances. And some of us have a propensity to always trust, to to not blame God for the evil in this world. And I thank God that there's, there's a few people that I know that have that propensity of no matter what happens I cling to Jesus he's my everything how could I how could I turn away from him and my propensity sometimes you're like great God thanks I appreciate that Wow be sarcastic and get offended. And I need to come to God and re- go to that scripture in Matthew eleven six. six, blessed is he who does not take offense at me. And I need to come to the Lord and just hash through this and realize he's not the author of my pain. He's not the author of my struggle. He's not the author of this tragic circumstance. The devil comes to steal, kill and destroy. God comes to give life and life abundant. And so that's what I need to stand on. And there's a lot of people who they get hurt in church. They don't see, you know, the pastor um, does something hurtful or maybe the pastor winds up in adultery or greed or something and you're hurt like, wow, this is the shepherd that I trusted. This is the church that I was supposed to be at. This is a godly man, an example in my life. And now he is, you know, in sexual sin or he is, you know, um, stole money or he did this and he did that. And then we we get hurt in church or maybe there's Christians that just reject us, backstab us, talk behind our back. We're not welcomed into what's supposed to be a family a full acceptance and an unconditional love but we get rejected and people get hurt in church and I know I know many people that have been hurt in church and they've made the right decision to stick with it, to release those hurts, to forgive those who hurt them, to bless those who curse them, to love their enemies and to reconcile. And my wife's got amazing things to say about that. I I'm, I'm ha- should have her on the podcast here soon so we can dive more deeply into that. But I'm going to end with this. There are three people that we really need to release and forgive. We need to release others, people who hurt us. We need to release ourselves because it's so easy to beat ourselves up and condemn ourselves and feel guilty and full of shame because of decisions that we made. And that could hinder us from operating in the fullness of God. And three, we get offended at God. We need to release God. We get mad at God for, you know, everything that I mentioned here in this podcast. And we need to realize that God is not the author. God did nothing wrong. There's no reason to be mad at God, but we need to release those offenses. We need to forgive God, even though... <laughs> There's nothing that he did that we need to forgive necessarily, but we need to release that offense and forgiveness towards God. And it's just a simple prayer coming to the Lord saying, Lord, I forgive this person, Lord, that person, this person. You might not feel it right away. You might not feel that release. You might need to do it 50 times. But at the end of the day, you come before the Lord and say, I do not want to have offenses I do not want to be in unforgiveness. I do not want a bitter root because I want to stay fervently and passionately in love with you. I want to continually abide in your presence. I do not want anything to come between me and you. I do not want to have a hard heart. I want to have a soft and tender heart. I want to always burn for you, Jesus. I want no hindrances. I want no obstacles. And I know that offenses, I know that, you know, um, questioning you continually and having disappointment in you and others and myself is a hindrance to operating in first love and and, and living for you wholeheartedly all the time. Days of my life. And so I pray that you would take this word, you would receive it, you would chew on it, digest it, and you would come to some beautiful conclusions before the Lord with the Holy Spirit, and that He would do healing in your heart and you would release individuals or yourself or God in circumstances where there is pain, where there is unforgiveness and offenses. And so bless you guys. I'm going to pray. I'm going to end this with prayer. Lord, I just thank you right now that you are eradicating offense. Blessed is he who does not take offense at you, and you are eradicating offense with individuals in their lives, maybe even church hurts, God. I just thank you right now that you're in the reconciliation business. You are redeeming time. You are redeeming relationships. You want us all. You said to the best of our ability that we should be at peace with all men. And so I thank you, Lord God, that you bring reconciliation in relationships. The fire of your Holy Spirit would burn in in every listener's heart right now, and they would realize the need for reconciliation, and they would build that bridge with individuals that need to have that reconciliation. And Lord, I just thank you that they they would forgive themselves for holding grudges and for doing things that weren't right, and that every single person listening would be a true representation of you. I just pray you would flood their heart with light, flood their heart with your love and your fire, and I just pray you would open up their eyes. They would receive wisdom, revelation, and the knowledge of you, and that everything they would do would be a pleasing, fragrant aroma up into heaven, and I just thank you for that in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Awaken Podcast. This show went a little bit longer, I think, than I anticipated, but this is a very important subject today, and I want to take time with it. I don't want to just breeze through it. Thank you for sharing with your friends and your family about this podcast. Downloads are increasing. We're getting this out to more people, and honestly, people have been telling me they're sharing it with their home groups, their you know, family members that they know. They're sharing an episode that a family member, a friend, or a church member, or somebody that they know needs, and so make sure to keep tuning in, keep sharing, keep spreading the word. That is the best way to get this out. And make sure to subscribe, rate and review. You can just do it right on Apple Podcasts. You get rate and review this podcast so we can get it out to more people so they can be blessed, awakened, challenged by the beautiful gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless you guys, and I'll talk to you next time on Awakened Podcast. Hello, let me tell you about this amazing online store, The Hope Filled Journey. You'll definitely want to check it out today. Michelle and Renee Torres, they started up this online store in obedience to the Holy Spirit in the midst of a crazy year, like we all know, Uh, full-time jobs, raising four children, and they stepped out in faith and God is honoring them every step of the way. You go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com. It's where you'll find extraordinary products, clothes, fashion accessories, jewelry, and more. Their goal is to inspire faith through their product line, as well as high quality in all they do and produce, which we know is very, very important. Um, Check it out today, thehopefilledjourney.com, and you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll also get $20 off of your purchase if you spend a $100 or more with promo code AWAKEN. So go to www.thehopefilledjourney.com, you'll get $10 off when you spend $50 or more, and you'll get $20 off if with with a purchase of a hundred dollars or more with promo code awaken. I highly recommend it. It's an incredible store, so make sure to go to the hopefilledjourney.com today.